Hello everyone, I'm your Tilaka Kumar, the host of Selecta Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to inspire and empower women to pursue an excellent sales career by filling the gender gap, to live to the fullest of her potential and to achieve financial independence. I will be interviewing amazing successful women sales leaders and entrepreneurs from India and around the globe, where we discuss their sales journey, their challenges, their trends and much more. Let's dive in. So let me introduce my guest today. She's founder and CEO for She Sells organization and she's host for She Sells Radio. She's international keynote speaker as well as mentor for women in sales. I'm sure uh, thousands of women she must have uh, empowered by now and she has uh, 15 years experience in sales. So welcome Elsie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. I I just love that we get to connect so far yeah. away in different parts of the world and and the power <laughs> of technology is so fun and I'm I'm so excited to have this conversation. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. In fact, I used to watch your live uh, Insta supercharge. Yeah, the morning supercharge. supercharge. Uh-huh. <laughs> just can you tell about yourself to the audience? Sure, absolutely. So, so like Tilaka said, I have a long background in sales. I've got about 15 years sales slash sales coaching experience, but really what inspired me to create She Sells was that I had spent many years in corporate sales, kind of grinding my way to the top. And what was taught in terms of sales strategy, and this is, it's not a knock necessarily on the companies I was a part of. It's just like, I think it was the level of consciousness of what unfortunately is still really taught today in a lot of organizations. And a lot of what was taught in terms of sales and how to be successful never really felt in alignment with me. So it was things like, you know, hard close people. And if you want to make more money, you just have to you just have to work more hours and work harder than everybody else. And first person at the office wins. And, and there's a lot of value and discipline. So I live a very disciplined life now. I'm not knocking that. But at the time, I was someone who I was, I've done a lot of personal healing and a lot of personal work during this journey too, which is part of why I love sales. But I was very much seeking validation by making a certain amount of money, being at the top of the sales leaderboard. And so I found myself in my mid twenties, outwardly very successful. I was, you know, top of the company doing well, had nice homes, nice car, all of that, but inwardly really struggling. And what I wasn't sharing with people was I was struggling with an eating disorder at the time. I was having panic attacks. I would get up at two in the morning just to work and add more hours because I thought if I can just work harder, then you know, then I'll be successful. And, and what it really was that I didn't know at the time was then I'll love and accept myself because I, I wasn't doing that at all. And so I reached a kind of a breaking point right around when I turned 28. And I realized what I was doing wasn't sustainable. I should have realized it a long time before that, but it, it took me that long to figure it out. And I really went on this journey of unraveling a lot of what I had created in my life up until that point. So I felt called to go into sales coaching because I always enjoyed it. And I had found along the way that there were ways that I was successful that felt more in alignment with me as a woman, but they weren't being taught publicly. And so while most of what was being taught in the, the corporations I was working with was cold call and just, you know, say this exact script and do this thing and you'll achieve your goal, which can work for some people. 
I wanted to build a brand. I wanted to do inbound marketing. I wanted to, you know, have a personal branding, create a podcast that drew people in. And that was actually how I was having success, but it wasn't what was promoted within the companies that I was a part of. And I thought there's another way to do this that doesn't involve pushing and forcing and, and grinding so hard all the time. And so I left my corporate job that, you know, I had a stable, nice six figure plus income there. I had one customer who had paid me $300 to create a wow. sales presentation for him. And I took that at the time. I was like, that's proof of concept. I'm, I've got a business. I don't necessarily recommend that. I have a higher risk tolerance than most people, I would probably say. But I left and I started my own company and I got a coach and some therapy and treatment for the eating disorder and a lot of the inner, more personal things I was needing to heal at the time. And it's been a, an incredible journey. It's been about, you know, seven years now that I've been doing this. And it's, there's definitely, I, that's why I love that you have this show too, because there's such a need, I think for a new conversation around sales, one that incorporates the whole person and in our audience, it's I'd say outward facing it's for women. A lot of my private clients are men and I, I do, I work with both, but what I care about is a holistic approach and this concept of selling from wholeness, which I'll, I'll explain. And then I'll, I'll turn it back over to you to Laga. But yeah. this concept of selling from wholeness, which is what we teach at She Sells is that many people in sales I have found, and this was my own story too, say, I will feel worthy when I make a certain amount of money. Like if they're really honest with themselves, that's part of what's driving them. I had a conversation a while back with a, a private client of mine, who's a man, and he had a goal of making a million dollars for the year. And I'm all about people making multiple millions of dollars. Like I'm, I'm here for it, but I always want to know why. And when I asked him why he said, if I'm being honest, it's because I'll feel validated. And he was kind of like, oh, I can't believe that's the real reason why I want to make it because it just, he hadn't realized that before. That was me for many years too. And when we approach sales and business that way, one, it's never enough. You'll never make enough to feel worthy or validated if you don't already feel that before the money. It's a grind and it'll it'll either kill you or it'll take you down. And so this concept of selling from wholeness that we teach is helping people before we get into the tactics and the strategy and the how-to, which is important, helping people heal those parts of themselves that need healing. Oftentimes that's unworthiness, that's lack mindset, scarcity mindset, helping them do that so that they come at it from a place of already feeling good. And when we come at anything from that place, you know, especially sales and our business, we actually have far better results because people can feel it. They can feel if you're just trying to get the sale because you think it's because you need it to hit quota that month. But if you already feel so good and so in alignment with who you are, that energy translates to other people and you will sell more as a byproduct. And so that that's the inspiration. My life has transformed by doing this work and showing up this way. And the, the men and women in our community are, are doing that actively every day too. And there's so many beautiful stories of, of transformation, but that uh, that is why I started this and the origin story. <laughs> wow. You know, I truly resonate with whatever you're saying because mm -hmm. I believe in all those, whatever you said. I'm writing a book. The book is about sales and it's called as The Cumulative Effect. That has a five secrets, I'm going to say. If you follow the five secrets, you get a consolidated results in sales. Yeah. So what is that? It includes uh, routines, action, integrity, sales skills and mindset. If you have all this, then the cumulative effect is called success, sustainable yeah. success. 
So I love that. I believe that for a salesperson, not only sales skills is important. As you rightly said, healing, mm. healing your mind, having a positive energy, and your discipline. For sure. Yeah. And, and if I can, I'd, I'd love to speak to that for a moment. And I don't think it's just isolated to our community, but one of the relationships that we need to heal, especially when we're in sales, is with money. And I know my own story for many years was that even though I had money, I was scared that it was going to go. I never felt like there was enough. I, it always felt kind of distant from me. And what I've learned, and this is credit to incredible mentors I've worked with, is that if you have any sort of scarcity mindset around money, number one, you have to heal that because that will, you will only make the amount of money that you feel worthy of making ever. It like period, end of story, but it's not actually about the money. And so what happens is because when we grow up or your parents or whoever was raising you, that's your own version of security, right? They represent security to you. Yeah. And a lot of the women and men in our community, they come, not everyone, but a lot of them had some, some sort of dysfunction growing up. So, and everyone probably to some extent does, as I say it out loud, like everyone is doing the best they can with yeah. what they have. All of our parents were as well, but let's just say you grew up with an alcoholic parent, for an example, you probably felt like there wasn't a lot of security or stability in the home. And what happens is later on when we're out on our own and we're in charge of making money, well, money for many people is security security. It's, it's their own version of security. So whatever dynamics you had with your parents, whether you felt worthy, whether you felt loved, whether you felt like they were always there for you, etc., or whether you felt like you had to really perform for attention, or you were trying to be responsible for their happiness, or you felt like they weren't there, there was instability, they will play those dynamics will play back out with money later in your life. And so to me, when I first learned that that was very empowering, because I finally realized it was never about the money, this like beast that was controlling my life in so many ways, because I never felt like there was enough. And I was always like, again, I was always just in scarcity mode, worried that it was going to go away. And it has a big impact on your quality of life. So when we can learn to get to the real root of the problem and heal our relationship with money specifically, then that will also skyrocket your sales. Because when you feel worthy, when you feel whole, when you feel abundant, there's a higher frequency with that. And that is like, I, I work with my clients on both energy and tactical, but that when you show up that way, it's almost like money can't stay away from you. So sales get so much easier because of who you're being. So I just wanted to speak to that because I think that's something in, in sales that we don't speak to a lot is like the actual money, the energy of money. What is it? How do we heal our relationship with it? Because yeah. when you do, it almost doesn't matter if you're great at sales <laughs> techniques and strategy. It's like, you're going to be making money. So, so I think it's a critical piece. But, um, you know, people might have confusion whether to have a goal, money goal, to drive towards it or just to be contented and work towards your healing? Yeah, I think that's such a great question. It's both. So as a human, and so if we just look scientifically, you live in a universe that's expanding. We are constantly expanding and growing. You are part of that universe. You are wired for expansion. And this is why we can hit a goal and, and I'm sure you've done it, Tulaga, I've done it. You can hit a goal and it's something you've been going for for a long time. And you say, wow, this is great. 
And then you feel satisfied for maybe an hour, maybe a day, maybe a week, but then your mind is is saying what's next, right? And so that's normal. And we don't want to make ourselves wrong for that. And we can. And that was some of my story too, for many years was, oh, you should just be happy with what you have. You should be content. You have a great life. And, and, and I did in many ways, but I always wanted more and I would make myself wrong for it. But it's because I didn't realize that we're actually wired to consistently be increasing in all ways, financially, health, love, relationships, all of it. That's our natural state. Doesn't mean everyone lives that way, but that's how we're naturally wired. So the healing is part of it. And I I hired a shaman several months ago and I've been working with her for a while. And it's been so helpful because she, she speaks to, you will always heal to the level of your consciousness. Because when I, I felt like I had healed a lot of stuff and a lot of the money wounds and family stuff. And then some of it I noticed was coming back up this year, but in different ways. And I I was like, why? I thought that was already done. I thought I'd already handled that. And she said, no, you're just at a higher level of consciousness now. So now you're able to process things in a different way. And so what I've learned in my own journey is it's a dance. It's a balance. There's always a next level goal that I'm going for because it's exciting and it's fun. And it's more about who you become in the process than about the end result. And then you'll do whatever healing work is needed along that journey to create the manifestation station of that goal, if that makes sense. So it's, it's a constant dance and I don't, I think it ends when we die, (laughs) but that's how I balance both of those. I love that question. I think that's a great question. So that means what I understood is like, you should be contented with what you have as well as uh, you should not be greedy towards wanting more, but at the same time, you have to work towards your goal. Am I right? Yeah, I would say, I would say, be grateful, be grateful for what you have, be grateful for what you have and like, let yourself consistently expand, let yourself consistently go to the next level. Because it's, again, it's, it's how we're wired. You get, you know, where you live, how you live right now was probably just a dream at some point for the former version of you. But now you're probably thinking about the next place and what you want to do next. And so that's normal. And that's part of how we also, most people just like, they recycle thoughts. It's what is it? It's like 90% of our thoughts are just recycled day in and day out thinking the same things and you get whatever you focus on. So if you're consistently just focused on what is in front of you right now, you're just going to get more of that. That's why it's important to have a vision and to consistently update your vision too. Like my, my vision board, I'm, I'm looking at it right now in my office. It's, it's, a, it's a magnetic one. So I can put pictures on, take them off as they happen and things rotate through okay. there. So that keeps me inspired and moving towards the future. But then as you set a new vision, you'll be shown areas that you need to heal for that to happen. You'll be given situations, opportunities where you can become the person who has that life. And it's just, it's part of the, it's part of the journey. So that's, that's how I would think about it. Okay. That's great, great insights. And uh, we talk about uh, many of your posts says about feminine energy, Mm. like what exactly you convey, whether a female having those uh, feminine energy or as I understood, like even male have both the energies. So do you talk mm-hmm. about that as well? Absolutely. So we all have both. We all have both types of energy. If you were born a woman, you will tend to lean in that direction, okay, of feminine energy. And that's actually where your real power comes from. So if we look at what both of them are, male energy is very much, it's linear. It's you do this, 
you follow this process, you get this result. It's logical. It's about structure. It's oriented towards the destination. So what's the end result? And the empowered masculine also, it's about giving. So if in your personal relationships and an empowered, an empowered, someone who's in his empowered masculine will actually want to give and support the woman in that relationship, if it's that type of relationship. The feminine is the opposite. So feminine is actually about receiving. Feminine energy is about, it's illogical, but in a good way. It's saying, well, I don't want to go from $5,000 a month to $10,000 months. Like I want to go from $5,000 a month to $50,000 months and I want to do it fast. It's the quantum leap. It's circular rather than straight and linear. If we were to look at, you know, this glass of water, the glass is the masculine. It holds the structure for the water to be in and the water is fluid. And, and, and so we have to have both, right? If I didn't have this glass, this water would be all over the ground and it would be a mess. But without the water in it, the glass doesn't give me any refreshment, any support. So, so we all have both. But what I found, and I'm curious if you found this too in your sales journey, is that in the sales world and in the business world, it's a very masculine environment in at least in many of the cultures that I've been a part of. And so it's not about making one better than the other. It's about integration. It really is for all of us, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, but specifically for women, what I find is so many women that I serve and that are in this community, they've been almost entirely in their masculine energy for so long And that's, they don't realize that's why it feels so heavy. That's why it feels so hard. That's why it feels like a grind because the part of them that's great at receiving money, clients, attention, praise is shut off. And the part of them that is creative and relational and and the feminine is also about pleasure and enjoying the journey, not just getting to the destination. Like they haven't lived that for a long time. And I didn't live that for a long time. And when we can incorporate both, I mean, everything changes everything changes. I aim right now. I I try to, I aim for about 80% in my feminine, 20% in my masculine. It's not perfect (laughs) by any means. Like anytime we're setting up structures, anytime we're working in our business, we're coaching or helping people, we're in our masculine. But so the more we can integrate that feminine energy, the more things are going to flow, the more you're going to have what feels like a quantum leap happen, the more fun and enjoyable it'll be, the more magnetic you'll be. And that's part of why too, we have to heal our relationship with receiving, receiving attention, money, clients, praise. And if anyone is listening and they have, they feel like they have fear of visibility or they feel unworthy of receiving money. Those are actually the things that are blocking you from receiving what you want. So we've got to heal that because usually that comes from something in childhood. It can even be, you know, with epigenetics, it shows that these things get passed on generationally and some of it's not even ours. So you may be dealing with past wounds and traumas that happened for your grandmother or her mom. And you don't even know why you have this fear of visibility. And I don't think it's, we don't always have to get to the root of it, but we have to know what's going on. And then we have to be able to shift our mindset around and start getting comfortable with that. So that's why it's so important to integrate both in our sales. Any specific percentage is there in sales, like feminine energy should be so much masculine should be so much. Is there anything specific? Oh, you know, I think it, it's a great question. I think it depends on the season. I was working yesterday with a client who she's just launching her business. She's in the coaching space. And when you're just launching, like there's a lot of systems and structure that need to be set up. 
right? So you've got to be setting up website, your funnels, your landing pages, your automations, all of that. And that's all masculine. And again, we need those because we have to have that to support. The masculine is designed to support the feminine. So there's going to be seasons where it feels like you're more in that, but it's especially important during that time to be really proactive about how can you integrate more pleasure into that? And so as I was working with this client yesterday, I was like, what do you love doing? What brings you pleasure and joy? And she said, I love having a cup of tea and reading a book. And so we carved out, we put an appointment on her calendar for mid-morning where she's going to give herself the pleasure of just sitting there and taking a break from all the masculine structure activities and read her book and allow herself to recharge. Something a lot of women don't realize is that if you're a mom, that's also, you're in your masculine when you're, when you're being a mom, because you're giving, you're supporting. So if you go straight from your job, your sales or your business into being a mom, and that's your day, you're in your masculine all the time, and you don't even realize it. So we've got to be proactive about it. You know, and and it's think about things like, how can you build in more time for pleasure, whether it's building in like something I built in recently is um, just weekly date night with my husband on Wednesday night. And it's the day Wednesday is my coaching day. So it's when I'm doing most of my client work, and I'm in masculine all day long, like giving and pouring into my clients. But that night I get to step more into my feminine and enjoy that and receive. And so you've got to be proactive about it on the front end. So again, I don't know that there's, again, like I said, I aim the percentage I'm trying to live in is usually 80% feminine. It doesn't usually work out that way, but I try to get more and more in that space because it, the more we're there, the more we can receive is the bottom line. One situation I could relate is whenever I travel, you know, the masculine energy is a little high, okay, because you should really, you know, plan well, structure it well, as well as a feminine energy plays a role of having a leap of faith. Hmm. You know, many times when I travel alone to abroad or, or other places in India, always that leap of faith plays a bigger role for me. I don't know how much you can uh, yeah. relate to it. For me, yeah. leap of faith, hard work, integrity discipline. These are all plays always a role in my sales career. For sure. I love that. And feminine is about vision. So feminine is about the vision. It's about the experience. It's about, to your point, the leap of faith, like trusting and knowing that you're supported. And so, yeah, it's, it's that constant balance and dance. And I love how you bring up travel because that makes a ton of sense, but it's, I think it's just learning to find that right balance for you. And then also as women, when we lean into the feminine, when we lean more into the vision, into the experience, into pleasure, into joy. One of my mentors would always say, how good are you willing to let life get? And so I love living that way. And that's really transformed my life and allowing myself to have more and live a bigger and bigger life. That's the feminine. That's like, oh, let's just see how incredible this can get. And let's be open to miracles and possibilities and being dazzled and then having the right structures in place to support you in that. So yeah, it's super powerful. I think in my all these episodes, first time we are talking about the energy, which I really love Mm. to talk, you know, I'm more a spiritual person, you know, I I like spirituality, cosmic energy. Yeah, we call as um, you're talking about the dance, right? I can relate to cosmic dance of uh, there is a god called Nadraja, you know, Mm. I don't know if you if you have seen a Nadraja posture, maybe I will share it to you later. Yeah, please. That is a one of the god of in Hinduism, Shiva, we call us, mm-hmm. you know. There, uh, the dance is explained nicely, the cosmic dance, mm-hmm. the energy. So, 
I can yeah. relate to that in that sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I it's all that. the same. Whatever the concept, the essence is the same. Like we are talking yeah. in a different uh, terms, wordings. Wordings are differs. That's it. For sure. Well, and it, it boils down to this is my my belief, but it just boils down to truth, right? Like what's and to your point, there's different representations of it and different language around it. But I think that is for me, that's been a real piece of my healing journey because I was so focused for so long on just the outward and the tactical and the the money. And I found myself feeling struggling with a lot of anxiety and fear and burnout. And it's really been this for me, a deeper journey of a lot of spiritual seeking and personal healing. And I mean, everything's multiplied since I've started focusing more on the energy. It's like money is great. Life is like everything is great and keeps expanding, but it's the opposite of what I think we're taught, which is like focus all on the outward tactical and and that will only get you so far. I think the more you travel inward, the more it expands on the outer world. Right? Oh, I love that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I've never thought about it like that, like in those words. But yes, for sure. Actually, you know, I've observed it many times when you are so inward, when your thoughts are good, the people around you will also surrounded by that kind of energy level. I've mm. observed that. Yeah, everyone, I think everyone's just a mirror. And this is, it's funny because this ends up being a lot of the conversations on our, um, on my group coaching calls is someone will say, oh, I'm having this challenging situation with a client or I'm having this challenging situation with sometimes it's family. And it's always what's being mirrored back to you that you're being invited to change, to shift, to heal in yourself. Because that's the only reason we can see it is because it's, it's mirroring back something in us. So whether it's something good that you admire in somebody else, whether it's their ability to speak, their ability to sell, their ability to make money, whatever, the only reason you can see that is that's also in you. And then the flip side of that is true too. Is there's something in somebody else that triggers you or that you don't like, it's a mirror. Say, ooh, what part of me? is showing up this way or what part of me am I being invited to heal? So it's, it's about total, complete ownership of everything in your life. No judgment of it, but ownership of it. And then empowerment that, gosh, I can change any of this if I want to. Yeah. As mm. one of the spiritual leaders said, uh, you are the creator of your own destiny. Mm. It's all in your hand. For sure. If we talk about our topic today, the mindset, the money mindset to achieve six-figure insights. Okay, so how to prepare the mind, the mindset to have it all? Yeah. So part of this comes back to what we were talking about before about like healing your relationship with money, truly healing your relationship with money. I think every client I've ever worked with has needed to work on this. I've needed to work on this in my own life. And so it's, you know, maybe somebody is listening and they don't, but most, most people do. I would say if you're not currently, like if you're saying no to what you want to say yes to at any level, or if you're not currently living the financial reality that you truly want, there's part of the relationship with money that is being asked to be healed. So that's part of it. But as I said before, so your income will never exceed your level of self-worth. So this is, this is really important to understand. And this for me was part of my own journey. I had hit the six figure mark early in my career and was living a good life, but six figures, at least where I live, it's, it doesn't get you like the great life anymore. <laughs> and I wanted more. I wanted to contribute at a bigger level. I had a vision for a nonprofit I wanted to create. I wanted to be able to retire my husband and let him pursue his dream of going to medical school and, you know, be able to provide well for our family. And so I needed more to do that. And so 
I set a goal to start earning seven figures. But what I realized when I set that goal was that as I thought about making that amount of money, there's a part of me that didn't feel worthy of it. I hadn't even realized that that was why I hadn't made it yet. Because I'd had business opportunities where I could have. I'd been an entrepreneur for a while. I could have hit seven figures if I, if I wanted to, but I hadn't. And I had to really look at it and realize when I felt energetically into that amount of money, it felt bigger than me. And I didn't, part of me didn't feel worthy of it. So I went on this, I started doing a lot of deep healing work around that and starting to practice feeling worthy and feeling prosperous and feeling abundant and starting to see myself as a totally different person. And this takes a lot of mental discipline, looking at myself in the mirror, noticing things that are good instead of things that I didn't like about myself, complimenting myself. And again, it, this takes courage because it's not what we're taught to do. We're taught to self-deprecate. We're taught to shrink. We're taught not to make other people feel uncomfortable by being as big and expansive as we actually want to be. So when we get in that pattern for most of our lives, this takes a lot of discipline to do, and it takes a lot of courage to do, but I did it. And I hired a mentor who helped me put together a business plan to get there in, in literally six weeks went from having $100,000 years to $100,000 months. So this doesn't have to take a long time. And I want to just encourage everyone, like when it happened, it happened so fast that I couldn't believe it. It was almost like my head spun. And I realized I was the only one holding myself back from that for so, because I hadn't felt worthy enough. I hadn't felt deserving enough of showing up in that way. But I had to do the inner work first. I had to do the healing work first. And it was complete and utter focus in making that change for those six weeks. But that's not a lot of time. <laughs> that's really yeah, not a lot of time. Hard. So one of the things um, I'm a big, I don't know if you follow Dr. Joe Dispenza. I really, really appreciate his work. And I do his meditations almost daily. He says, so he ties in universal energy. He says, the universe will only give you what you think you deserve. And so that for me, when I first heard that, it was like, wow. I'm getting exactly what I think I deserve in life. And there's some things I'm getting that I don't love. So I'm not getting the amount of money that I, that I want, but there must be part of me that doesn't think I deserve it. So I had to really practice feeling worthy of it and deserving of it. So whether you're going for your first six figures or whether you're going for seven or beyond, that's the work. That's actually how we, the feminine again, is about the quantum leap. That growth, most people would say that's not possible to go from there to there that fast. If you were just solely looking at it through the masculine logical linear, you'd be like, that's not possible. But that's why when we can learn to tap into the realm of possibility and leverage our feminine and the illogical in a good way and do that healing work, everything shifts and it can shift really fast for you too. So yeah, I'm happy to go more into any aspect of that that you want, but um, that's a, a critical piece of hitting your sales goals. Maybe uh, some tips of like, to whoever want to go to one level to the next level, what is that key things they have to follow every day? Yeah. What I would do to start, well, first, you've got to be very clear on your goal. So you have to know exactly what you want. And if you say, I had a client tell the story once and I thought it was funny. She said the goal of having more money. And she woke up the next morning and she looked outside her house and her gutter was filled with dimes. Literally, it, that's how it works. So if you say, I want more money, your subconscious mind is, and so that we haven't really talked a lot about subconscious versus conscious, but your subconscious mind, whatever command you give to it, when you get through kind of that filter in your brain that 
blocks your conscious from your subconscious mind. Like its job is to make it happen for you, but it's all about efficiency. So if you say, I want more money, you'll walk down the street and you'll see a penny and your subconscious mind will say, mission accomplished. There's more money. <laughs> so we've got to get specific. So first is to know, no, I look at it like if there were no consequences or limitations, what do I desire? What do I want right now? And now money has to have a purpose. So you can't just say, I want a million dollars just to have it. Right. So the, the purpose of money is not to make you feel secure or safe. The purpose of money is to aid in your expansion. So you want to look at what are the actual things I want to do? What are the things I want to have? And what's the funding that's required for those? And get really clear about Intention. it. Intention. Yes, exactly. And get very specific. I desire to make this amount, like this clear, specific amount with the purpose behind it. And so do that first. And then every day, like when I set my goal, when I, when I set a new goal, I've got a morning routine. So I, I do things all throughout the day to help get my mindset aligned with that. And then the whole work here is getting your belief system to align with the goal. So your subconscious mind is responsible for 95% of your results. And this is what most people don't realize. They say, well, I want this amount of money. So, okay, I'll just put the strategy in place and I'll make it. But again, you, if you've got a belief system in place that rich people are greedy or money is bad in some way, shape or form, or money makes people argue or you're not worthy. It doesn't matter. You will literally, there's a filtering mechanism in your brain, the analytical part of your brain that will literally filter out opportunities, things you could do to bring in that amount of money, because it does not, you having that amount of money does not align with your belief system of who you are. So this is critically important. So we've got to get your subconscious beliefs aligned with the goal that you have. And so we do that through a number of ways. And a belief is just a thought that you think again and again. So so it, it, we don't have to overcomplicate it. But for me, I wake up and every morning before I like first thing in the morning, you're actually it's easier to program your subconscious mind then because you're closer to that sleep state. So you have slower brain waves. So I wake up and I do my meditation. I personally use Joe Dispenza's meditations. I tend to flip back and forth between two. One is his morning meditation and the second is his generating abundance meditation. And it kind of just depends on what I'm feeling that day. So I do that. I have affirmations that I listen to every morning as well. It's myself saying them and I listen to those and that those affirmations I'm also visualizing while I'm listening to them. But again, do it early when your brain waves are still slower because that's part of how you get into your subconscious mind is do this right when you wake up. You're still closer to that theta brainwave state, alpha and theta brainwave, which is how you get it's kind of like you bypass the filter in your brain and you get right into the operating system. There's a, let's say this first. There's a few other things I do in the morning. Like I journal what I'm grateful for. I study something about either wealth consciousness, mindset, spiritual law, like kind of whatever I'm into at the time I study that exercise, you know, the kind of the usual, but then it's just like medicine. So the mindset work is just like medicine and it'll wear off throughout the day. So you, you want to be proactive about what are the points at which I find myself dipping in the day energetically and then plug in intentional time for your mindset work then? So for me, I find I can do it in the morning and feel pretty like feel solid through most of the morning up until early afternoon. But midday, I'm usually listening to my affirmations again. I'm, I'm just walking outside. I'm you know listening to those while I walk the dogs. And then again at night, night is a really good time to program your mind right before you go to bed because your brain waves are slower than two. So those are the key times. But then just notice for yourself, like you may, if you're really in a place right now of a lot of limiting beliefs and scarcity thinking, you may need to do it every hour and be okay with that. 
you know, read wealth consciousness books, read science of getting rich, read you're a badass at making money. Like those are just two off the top of my head that are really transformational in that area. And then from a business standpoint too, there's, there's certain daily disciplines I go through once I start my work day. I check my money every morning because this is something one of my coaches taught me because I used to be financially avoidant and I wouldn't want to look at my bank accounts because I was nervous that they, I wouldn't like what I saw. And she said, at least millionaires always know, like they look at their money every day. And so I said, oh. okay. Yeah. So every morning I check it. I, for me, cause we've got a team I'm leading. I send my team what the focus area is for the day. I do the revenue producing activity first thing in the morning. That's a great habit to have in sales, regardless of whether you're running a company or you're in sales for yourself. And, um, those are, there's probably more, but it would take the whole rest of your show to talk through it. So, so revenue <laughs> producing is what exactly? Like you just need yeah. to look up your bank account. Oh, good, good question. So, so when I say revenue producing activities, it's, it's like sales activity. So it's so easy, right? To first thing in the morning, check your inbox and then you're in reactive mode all day long and you never actually do the thing that would make you money. So it's going to be different depending on whether you're in sales or whether you're running a company, but I prioritize like first thing in the morning, what's the thing that's needed to make money today to actually bring in new customers. And that's what gets my first attention. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean by that. And yeah. affirmations, you practice any specific uh, one or on your own? Oh, so many. <laughs> so my affirmations are, they're always pretty much always around the areas that I want to grow in or the areas I want to shift. I tend to work in 90 day chunks in terms of planning and setting goals for sales and revenue and just life goals. So when I'm doing that quarterly 90 day planning session, I'll look at what are the goals? What are the things I want to accomplish in these next 90 days? And then I'll actually journal about them and I'll, I'll journal to uncover what are the limiting beliefs I have around those. Because if I, you know, sometimes it's just, I wasn't even aware that I wanted this thing until now, but other times it's been like, no, that's been a desire for a while and I, I haven't done it yet, but it's coming up now is something I want to do. So why is it that I haven't done it yet? What's the limiting belief around that, that has been preventing me from doing it in the past. So I journal to uncover those specifically. And you can even ask, you know, just get in a calm state and ask your mind, like, tell me what are the, like, what are the things standing in the way of me doing this? What are the beliefs I have about myself that would hold me back from doing this? And just ask and get quiet and, you, and you'll be given the information, but then whatever those are, write them down and then flip them, write the opposite. So, and that becomes your new affirmation. So if wow. it's, um, yeah, again, it's like, we'll just use the worthiness because that comes up a lot. I, I'm not worthy of making X amount of money. Then you would flip it. I am worthy and deserving mm -hmm. of having X amount of money. Like just flip it. And that becomes your affirmation. And then there's two steps to knowing that your affirmation is working. One, let me add one key thing. And then I'll talk about the two steps. When you say your affirmations, you have to feel them. This is why a lot of people will do affirmations and not get results because they, they don't feel it. And feeling is actually how we get into our subconscious mind. So you have to practice feeling it when you say it and feeling the emotional state that you think you're going to feel, you know, when the event happens. So that's really important is being in that feeling state when you do them. But when you do it, um, when you say your affirmation, at first, you're going to feel like you're lying to yourself. You're going to say, that's a big lie. I don't make that amount of money. <laughs> so, and that's, that's okay. But when you repeat it over and over again, you'll know it's working because first you feel good. 
So that's the first step is you feel better. Nothing has shifted yet. You haven't made more money yet necessarily, but you feel better. The second step is that actually becomes your reality. And it's not, you're just sitting there saying these affirmations, not doing anything. You're going to get ideas. Once your subconscious mind has accepted that new belief, then it's going to open you up to higher levels of thinking. Ideas will come that would be the thing that would actually get you that result, but you weren't, you weren't ready for them before because you had a belief system that was blocking them. Now your job is to pay attention to the ideas and act on them. And that is what creates the actual, and when you act on them, then you get the result. Wow. That's yeah. Great. You know, yeah. sometimes I have this personal question within me, like whether to be God has given so much, whatever is there right now, is it good to be contented or to be greedy of wanting more? I think that's such a good question. And what I would say with that is kind of like what we were talking about before, yeah. right? Which is that we're always grateful for what we have. So we're always grateful for what we have, but because, so, th so this is how I believe, I believe we have that source energy, that God energy running through us. And so because of that, because that spirit is always for expansion and fuller expression, it wants to express itself more fully through you. And so that desire for more is, is God-like, right? That's the, like we talked about before the universe is expanding. And if you believe, again, this is, it's all about your personal beliefs, but if you believe God created the universe or whatever. However you, however you want to look at that, because it's expanding your design, you're part of that. You're wired for expansion too. So we can own that and be grateful for that and be grateful for what we have, but then also really open up to the expansion and know that that is godlike. My next question is like, since there are women audience as well who are into sales, okay, like, yeah. is there a difference between men achieving a six figure and women achieving a six figure? Is there any challenges for a woman, especially to achieve that? Sure. I think there's on both fronts, there's going to be different things. What I would say specifically for women, the things that come up more are visibility. You know, for some of the women, I'm imagining you have a mixed audience of salespeople as well as business owners. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So, it, so it's it's going to be different. But the fear of visibility, I, I tend to hear more from my female clients. And it's, again, these things, they, they go back generationally. So it's not about making ourselves wrong for it. It's about knowing what it is, which is, you know, for centuries, Women were punished for being visible, for speaking up. Women were burned at the stake for, you know, yeah. so it's, and, and there's still a lot of suppression of women in different cultures in different ways. And so it's about knowing what it is and being aware of it, but then also pra like consciously practicing feeling safe and being visible. And I'm, I'm a big believer in like, you don't have to spend a lot of time digging into the problem. So if you're like, I know that I've got a thing around visibility. Okay. It is what it is. If you just keep focusing on fear of visibility, you're going to get more fear of visibility. If you focus on like making other people wrong or being mad at what happened, you know, to your grandmother who like, I get it. I've been there, but we don't want to stay there because that's taking away your power too. It's about focusing, shifting the focus to what do you want? What mm -hmm. do you want? I want a top podcast. I want a book deal. I want this amount of money in my bank, right? Whatever it is. And then practicing for me with visibility, it was really just practicing, like getting out there, doing an Instagram live and realizing I wasn't going to die. <laughs> and then continuously affirming myself and my value and my worth every day so that my validation doesn't rest in what other people think of me. And then the other piece too, with women is a lot of times you'll find a woman may have a block around receiving and that can come from a sexual trauma that can come from 
you know, I, I work with a lot of women where there were stipulations to them receiving money from parents, or there was there's stuff that gets pretty horrendous when I hear stories from women of what they experienced growing up. And so they learned that it wasn't safe to receive or that it was better for them to just shrink and not be not be visible. So we have to practice that. And that's part of where that first step of the healing work comes into place. And there's a lot of different modalities for that and methodologies for that. And I have some, you know, I've got kind of my go-tos that I typically use with myself and my clients, but I'd say those two are, are big ones that are pretty women specific. Wow. That's great. Uh, insights for women, especially yeah. because for me, yeah. women getting into sales, because since I also, my mission and passion to empower more and more women in sales, I see a lot of challenges for women just to get into sales career, to get mm -hmm. an entry into sales, that itself is blocking them, the lack of belief system, the confidence and all. So to move from sales a career to a six-figure, I feel that is a challenge. Well, what I love about, and, and this is where just you've got to start filling your mind with examples of other women who have done it. And that's what I love about your show. And this is also the power of us stepping up and being visible is by you doing this show. And my intention is by me doing my own things too, that it shows, it mirrors back to other women, what's possible for them too. And yeah. so if you've had conditioning that making a lot of money is hard and a lot of people have that, making money isn't hard if you don't think it is. Like I affirm to myself every day, money's the easiest thing in the world for me to make. And it, it has become that. It, it wasn't that for a long time, but it's because wow. I didn't have the belief system that it was. So every day I tell myself money is the easiest thing in the world for me to make. And it is. It's become that. So you've got to look at examples of other people and you've got to fill your mind with nothing but what you want. So it's so important, like listen to this podcast, read the wealth consciousness books, look at examples of other people and make them your reason why. A lot of times we'll look at an example of someone and say, well, she had it easier. She had this situation. No, you got to look at them and say, that's why I can do it because she did it. I had a woman on my podcast a while back who built an eight figure business while she was a young mom and she had cancer. And she oh said gosh. part of how she did it was she looked at other women and she modeled after them. She said, if they can do it, I can too. I thought, gosh, that's so great. And look at what it did for her. So we've got to stop wow. making excuses and saying, well, they have a different situation. No, they probably have things that are much harder that you don't even know about. Right. So we have to really learn that and be fierce about what we pay attention to. Yeah, that's a good yeah. suggestion. Every woman who was successful in sales, everyone have their own challenges, which they passed, passed by. So yeah. I think understanding them, being with the community, listening to all those, um, you know, podcasts, the leaders, I think that gives them a lot, lot of confidence. For sure. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's critical. Like you have to be, your mind is your most precious asset. So fill it with only good on like your affirmations. Again, daily affirmations, listen to this, listen to empowering stories and don't pay attention to anything else. It's blinders. You cannot like if you're getting stuck on your social media feed, stuck in news, yeah. it's going to drag you down. So you've got to kind of create your own reality if you're really serious about achieving your goals. That's very yeah. true. I don't watch any you know, TV series yeah. or news, yeah. nothing. <laughs> Me neither. It only brings you down. And it's not, it's all biased anyway. So <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, your work-life balance because I know you have a very small baby, right? But still, oh. how you manage all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the work-life balance, I'm, I'm figuring it out. Like, I don't think I'm perfect at it, but yes, small baby. He's, he'll be 16 months uh, next week. 
the thing that helps me most is just intentionality and setting boundaries. And it's, it's more about integration than balance for me. We travel and we do trips as a family where I may have a client intensive on that trip. And it's, you know, I've got a day that's with the client and that day my husband is off with the baby and they're doing their thing and having fun and I'm full on with my client. We've got an event coming up in Sedona in a few weeks and I'm going to be out there first leading the event. And then my husband's coming out afterwards with the baby. So it's, it's just about, it's like, I know when I'm in work mode and I know when I'm in mom mode and balancing the, again, it's not really about balancing, but it's like knowing where you're at and being present with what, with the time. And so there's little exercises that you can do that, as I say, this, it's like, I want to remind myself to do better with this, but just like when you're moving from one activity to another, take one moment and pause and say, what's my intention in this next moment? So shifting from work into maybe time with an intimate partner, you don't want to bring that energy, especially like if, you know, for us as women, we're in our masculine working during the day, that's not a great energy to bring into your relationship with your partner. So take a moment and pause. How do I want to show up in this next section of my day? Who do I want to be? You shift again, like you, you know, if you're going into time for yourself or spiritual time, what's my intention behind this? So if we can just have little pauses between different sections of our day, I think we can be far more present to that particular moment. And that's really at the end of the day, what it's, what it's all about too, is being present for our lives. So that's, like I said, still figuring it out, but that's some of my, (laughs) some of what works (laughs) for me. Actually, you know, you and I have a one year old baby. Oh my goodness. My husband is taking care of her now. (laughs) I love that. Congratulations. Thank you. Support system is important. Support system is huge. It's so huge. And I know every woman has a different situation and um, just maximizing what you have and making it like we always find a way to make it work. Right. But, um, oh, that's so, that's so beautiful. I've got to stalk your social media now. and look at your Beautiful. Okay. I love it. Okay. So we have two minutes. So any, any piece of advice of what is your secret to be success in just one line? What everyone to follow? Yeah. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. You can trust your desire for more. You can trust how you want to do business, even if it's different from what you've been taught, even if it's not the traditional sales strategy that maybe you read in some book that was written 30 years ago, you can trust yourself. And every time you do that, every time you trust yourself, you will win. You will. And so that's, that's my core message. And I think when we do that, we, we create a beautiful business and a beautiful life as well. I think the trust is very important, even with customer, even with sales, even with your partners, channel partners, trust only build the relationship, the transparency, everything. And how people reach out to you if they want to. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. So we have, we've got a free guide, uh, five sales scripts to increase your closing rate 50% or more. So if someone wants, it's it's great. It's got some free training in it too. Um, elisearcher.com slash scripts for that. So elisearcher.com slash scripts. And then, you know, I know the average podcast listener listens to seven podcasts. If this conversation resonates, I'd be honored to be, you know, in your seven along with Shiro Sells and um, sure. that's She Sells Radio is that podcast. So those are some of the best ways wow so it's end of the show thanks a lot uh, for coming here thank you for having me this is wonderful thank you for listening to sell like her podcast do subscribe and share it so that it reaches the maximum women to get benefit by listening successful women's stories let's join together and support each other to change the face of sales meet you in the next episode until then bye take care